from the MZ Studios Dallas Virtual Studios in Cyberspace. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings everyone. Happy June. This is your host Ryan Trimble coming to you once again by a man who I proclaim is my friend. He of course, Sean Williams. Sean, good day sir. Good day Ryan Trimble. How art thou? I art good. Doing well. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I went um, up to the office yesterday to record our webinar um, on statements about racism with our COO, Jennifer Pascal. And I tell you, it was it was good to be back in the office, even for a brief moment and um, actually to be able to, you know, put on some regular clothes for a moment. Yes, I'm sure everybody appreciated that you wore uh, wore pants. Um, so thank you for that. So, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, everybody just saw the, the top up, which the video is up on YouTube, so you'll be able to at least see my shirt. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that you've been, been uh, it's been interesting to have, you know, our, our recent dialogues with our recent series. Uh, where do we go from here? Um, uh, but you have been hyper-focused on, uh, you know, uh, the different various responses from corporations, individuals, politicians, you know, sports figures, you name it. It's been, it's been interesting. So I've, I've been grateful to hear your synopses of different, uh, different statements. Yeah, we had a really great webinar on yesterday. And I'm not saying that just because I was half of the participant <laughs> on the presenters, but uh, we, ha- we just had a, a really great response. We yeah. had a great response. And, um, you know, we got a lot of great feedback after. So, you know, in our practice internally, we've had an opportunity to review a number of these statements, and we decided we want, wanted to talk to folks about what's effective. And one of the best parts was, you know, dealing with how do we get here. And we, we talked a little bit about the history, the history of policing in America, um, the history of enslaved people in America. And, you know, we talked about the tensions between the African-American community and, and police. So it was really, you know, I, somebody said, um, you know, it was a really good history lesson as well. And we wanted to make sure that when organizations make these statements, that they have a good historical context. So history is important. History is important and uh, brings us to kind of the the entire point of our show today, Sean. Was that, was that a layup or what? What did I just uh, gave you, by the way? Uh, see, I'm not <laughs> sure. I think I hit a bunt single off the tee. Uh, ties is a nice segue into our episode today, uh, which I'm excited to visit. You're always excited to visit with a former Dallas Cowboys standout uh, like Greg Ellis, but uh, we're not talking football today, Sean. No, we're going to be talking about his stage play Juneteenth, uh, which will actually be having a live stream of the stage play that's going to be coming up soon, and we'll talk about how folks will be able to watch that. But you know, it's it, it made me, as we were getting ready to talk about the play and as we're heading towards Juneteenth, it made me think about, I have a lot of great memories about Juneteenth as a holiday. And for a number of people, they just got to know the holiday when Blackish had an episode about Juneteenth a few years ago. And it it, it is, I think the thing that people really don't realize is that it is a Texas holiday. It started as a Texas holiday uh, with Juneteenth being a celebration of when Major General Gordon Granger 
sailed into Galveston, Texas on June 19th, 1865, and he read General Order Number 3, uh, which again was two years after um, the Emancipation Proclamation, more than two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, but but it was it was when uh, people in Texas, enslaved people in Texas, learned about their freedom. And you know, I know growing up, Juneteenth was something that was confusing when I was really young. But when I got older and old enough to really understand it, we always celebrated Juneteenth at my house. It was always barbecue. And my dad always said red soda water. So we always had a celebration around Juneteenth. And it's good that we, uh, you know, that more people are starting to learn about the holiday. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was doing some reading on it before. And it's it's interesting how, um, I mean, it, it was it's a really seminal moment in our, our nation's history. It's like, hey, everybody, uh, this is it. Really, everybody's free. You guys, you're free. I know it's been two years. Uh took us a little while to get here, but you are, everybody is free. And so, um, it's important that this day is remembered for sure. You know, obviously in Texas, but, um, I was reading about how, uh, some other contenders that when we were going to celebrate this, you know, Lincoln issues his proclamate the, the original preliminary emancipation proclamation order in 1862 in September. Um, it takes effect January one. I know that some people, you know, celebrate watch night, I guess, uh, it was, uh, called, you know, the, the night before New Year's Eve, before the order took effect in 1863, uh, passes Congress in 1865. So there's a lot of different contenders, but I think it's, I think it's neat that, that we celebrate, uh, you know, when it was finally read and it was officially announced that, you know, slavery, all the slaves have been emancipated. Well, there's a lot of people who who don't like the fact that we celebrate a holiday that acknowledges that it took over two years for everyone to even get the news on Juneteenth and on the emancipation and, you know, letting people know as the, the, the order reads that all slaves are free. But, you know, it is it was good enough. The way I always look at it is if it was good enough for our ancestors to celebrate, if it was a, a, a day that they felt like celebrating, if it was something, you know, again, that they didn't have to worry about someone else telling them they could celebrate. Uh, it wasn't a, a holiday that was made by the, the general population. Then that's that's why I celebrate Juneteenth is because this is a true African-American initiated celebration that started with people uh, hundred over a hundred years ago and continues to today as a tradition. And so even though it was late on getting the news, I think it's, uh, it's worth celebrating. Yeah. It's a, I'll put it this way for me, it's a pretty big step in, uh, you know, living out the fact that all men are created equal, Sean. So, uh, let's jump into our interview, shall we? Yeah, we are going to come back right after this. We've got one of the all time greats from the Dallas Cowboys, one of the um, really great defensive players, Greg Ellis, who's had a whole new uh, career in film, in stage plays, in acting. So uh, right after this break, we're going to come back and chat with Greg Ellis. This is Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, always a pleasure to be joined by a former Dallas Cowboy. This one of the greats. This, of course, Greg Ellis. Uh, Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. Well, you know, most of our listeners probably recognize you from your stellar career uh, with the Cowboys, 84 career sacks, NFL Comeback Player of the Year in 2007. But, uh, Greg, you've been busy since you left the NFL. Catch us up on what you've been up to. Man, (laughs) I dove right into that second career, as we say, and I started doing stuff in the production industry. Um, done, we've, we've done a movie before and been a part of several other movies, smaller budget movies. The biggest one being our Carter High movie that, um, I produced, executive produced. And we currently now, well, have two stage plays in which currently right now we are in the middle of, um, producing one. We've done it several times, but this is, uh, will be our first time, um, to live stream the play and it's entitled Juneteenth the play. So yeah, been doing quite a, quite, quite a, quite a lot, if you would. And, and you mentioned being the producer for the movie Carter High, which is about, you know, a story football team here in Oak Cliff, uh, and, and a powerhouse in, in high school football. And, and I'm just interested in how you ended up getting into the production side like that and, and then working with that particular movie? Well, we, I've, you know, when I just introduced and tell you the kind of things that I've been up to since football, of course, I left out some things. And so in between, you know, doing the Carter High movie before we got to that state, that stage, it, we used to do a lot of just production work for as photography, we used to do a lot of school yearbooks, um, and we also used to film a lot of, you know, smaller businesses, um, commercials for them. And, um, so I was, you know, into the production world pretty good. I always sub out my, um, photographers, whether it's a video or, or, um, audio, I mean, video or photography. And so this one particular guy named Arthur Muhammad, um, I told him I wanted to take the next step and do a movie. And he was a pretty good, you know, video person. And he had worked on several movie projects and, um, you know, we brainstormed and, uh, another guy was with us and he brought up and he said, man, the movie you guys really need to be talking about is the Carter movie. Well, Arthur had wrote a script about the Carter story. Arthur actually played on that football team. And so, uh, I decided to say, well, you know what? This, I want this to be my first movie that I'm a part of. And so we took that leap of faith and, um, we did it, man. Yeah, now Greg, we're going to get into uh, get into Juneteenth, the, the uh, stage play in our in our second segment. But I wanted to know a little bit about your 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 theater uh, experience. Now, you grew up in North Carolina, outside Raleigh. Is that correct? Correct, sure did. And then and then, of course, you were standout at at uh, UNC at Tar Heel. Great. Um, t- tell us about you w- when you got into theater. Well, it wasn't nothing in high school, and when I got to college. Uh, majoring in communications and the, my, my major required me to take a lot of theater classes. And it was at that point that I really deserve, I'm mean, really desired and, and had a develop an appreciation for theater work. And, and I like the movies, don't get me wrong, but I really like theater work. And I just thought it was just the coolest thing. And, you know, you would have to go to plays for some of your classes and I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
and learned a lot from it because theater is live every night. Um, and you know, you get, you can have the same performances doing the same show and you'll get a different level of intensity every night that you go see it because it's, it's live, it's living, it's breathing, and it's forever changing when the actors and actresses are on that stage. So I think it's just a, it's real cool. Yeah. I, I'm, Really interested to get into more of a conversation with you about the play in the second segment. But, you know, being from Texas and and we like to claim Texas Juneteenth as a Texas holiday and originating here. But, you know, I've been in different places where they uh, around the country now where they do celebrate it. So I was wondering if you celebrated Juneteenth when you were growing up and, and what kind of celebrations that they have in North Carolina around Juneteenth today. You know what? I was not familiar with Juneteenth when I was coming up in North Carolina. Um, I've never heard of Juneteenth um, when I was coming up in North Carolina. And so I think that's the sad thing is that, you know, this country, we do not have a day that the government at the federal level acknowledges as the day of freedom from slavery in this country. And that part is sad and something needs to be done about that. Um, and we're working on that. But to answer your question, though, no, I've never heard of Juneteenth when I was growing up in North Carolina. I did have one more question for you. You know, I'd be remiss. Uh, based on the moment that we're in and uh, in this country having discussions around racism. And, you know, one of the, the, the members of your league, Colin Kaepernick, had a, a big part in getting this discussion kicked off some years ago. And now we're seeing more players get involved in the NFL talking about uh, issues around uh, violence from police and excessive force. And players have called out Roger Goodell. So w- what do you think about what, we're seeing from players in the NFL regarding racism and peaceful protests. I think it's great. I think, you know, those guys are blessed with a platform current, the current players are. And so for them to stand up and speak out against it, I I think that's amazing. Um, And, you know, but we cannot forget the sacrifice that I called Kaepernick uh, made because he basically lost his job and was banned from the NFL because of his beliefs but he did not waver from those beliefs. And so my hat still comes off to him and Colin Kaepernick was right. And I was glad to see um, the commissioner of the NFL uh, admit that they handled that situation the wrong way, because after all, it was a peaceful protest. He was simply taking a knee in order to stand up for what he believes in. Um, and now you have millions of people across the country and, and even millions of people across the world that now are stepping out and identifying and agreeing with what Colin Kaepernick was taking that knee for. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We're talking with former Dallas Cowboy and current producer uh, Greg Ellis. We're going to take a quick break. Stick with us. Welcome back, Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. Uh, We are back with Greg Ellis, former Dallas Cowboy great, and also 
movie producer and screen stage play producer. So, Greg, I wanted to ask you about your new play, Juneteenth. I know there was a production of it, I believe, last year, but now you're taking it to a new platform. So can you tell us about Juneteenth? Exactly. Well, Juneteenth, the synopsis of it, obviously I won't tell you the whole thing because I, we won't have enough time, but it takes it takes place. It's a time period piece dating back to 1863. That's the start of our time. It's based in um, Galveston, Texas, and it shows the interactions between a slave family and other slaves and com- comparing how they interact with the master and the master family, if you would. And so I, I want people to see and have a better understanding of what slavery was actually like. And I think it kind of being unfold or revealed in the uh, format of a play, definitely you get that accomplished. Uh, so the one of the slave men in the play named Henry is, is the main character. Um, and his relationship with the master is very interesting. Uh, the master, of course, wants Henry to you know submit and be a good slave. And Henry, he's not a troublemaking kind of person, but Henry has his own thoughts and Henry is very is filled with wisdom and Henry always finds something, creates something or makes something out of the waste that so he feels like the slaves can have something of their own. And so he constantly takes the things that master and the master family throws away and discards. He takes those things and makes them into um, something that tastes good if it's if it's food. Um, and obviously if it's, if it's closed or whatever, but the main thing we, we use the road, we get on the road to, to get us through the story is Henry, and this is fictional. This part is fictional. We pretend that Henry figured out how to make pig feet, you know, cook pig feet. So master usually throw those, throw the pig feet away when they're cooking the pigs, but Henry, you know, would take those feet and would cook them and make him into something good. Long story short, Master end up finding out about those pig feet. He ends up forcing Henry to continue to make them, and he sells them, and that ends up saving the Master's plantation. So that's kind of the storyline. But the story itself, obviously, we include General Gordon Granger selling into Galveston, Texas, on 1865, June 19th and commanding for Texas to free their slaves. And we use the, the slave plantation that Henry is on. That's where General Granger comes in and forced that particular slave owner to release his slaves. Now, Greg, this, you know, the story of Juneteenth is, is an important one. I'm, I'm glad you're telling it, but it's important for you personally. And, and uh, the, the characters in the play are, 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 have a personal connection to you too. Is that correct? Yes, actually do. I didn't know if you knew that much about it. Uh, so you do your homework. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, uh, per- personal, we tied it together like this. So my niece in the play, so it's a time traveling play, if you would. And so that's why I say, you know, given the synopsis, it's hard to get everything in. But if you got a lot, guys would allow me three minutes, I can get this part in. And so, that when the play starts up, it's my niece who's sitting on the stage by herself and she's trying to figure out a song to write for the Juneteenth Festival in current modern day time period. I come up on the stage and I got my Dallas Cowboy jersey on. I'm that football player 
who still live in a dream and want to go back and play football, but I'm way out of shape. Uh, so anyway, she, she cracks a couple of jokes about that on me. I have a super duper crazy outfit that people laugh at just from seeing me dress like that. But anyway, so my niece is having a hard time coming up with that song for the Juneteenth Festival. I invite her to a place that I go every Juneteenth, which is actually um, near and dear friends of mine who happen to be um, white people. But we're real close. And so I go to their house every Juneteenth. Now, I'm going to leave it up to the lady of that house to tell my my niece our Juneteenth story and how and why we're so close. And so you go through the whole play, you see all this stuff. The master has a daughter who does not agree with slavery. And obviously the Henry character that I told you about. So as we trace back, uh, this part is not true, but it makes for a good story. Henry is my great, Henry is my great, is my great, great, great uncle. And the slave, I mean, the master's daughter and that lady in the modern day scene, that's her great, great, great aunt, right? And so through the timeline, and this is the reconciliation component of it and why I think it's definitely for a time like this that we are in in America where race tensions are very high, that we show that even during slavery, not all white people were in favor of slavery, right? And so you have relationships between Henry offsprings and um, the slave master daughter offsprings continue to uh, be have good relationships with each other from generation to generation to generation up until um, I come into existence and this white lady who we are friends to this day. So from that aspect, again, I wanted people to see and understand that we all can get along and not all people were for slavery. Well, you've given our listeners a lot to want to go see the play. And so, you know, I think the the cool thing now is that there's going to be a virtual stream of the play that's going to be available. Uh, So if you could, you know, tell us about that, that stream. And then, you know, my question also would be, you know, is that going to be something that people can, can get in contact with uh, past, past now? Of course. Um, you can go to our website, and that website is www.juneteenththeplay.com. So it's Juneteenth, J-U-N-E-T-E-E-N-T-H-T-H-E-P-L-A-Y.com, Juneteenth The Play. You can go there, and you can click on Tickets. And you can register for the, to, um, as we call pay per view it on the live stream. Um, the tickets are only $10, so it's not an expensive fee to it. Um, and we're going to donate some proceeds from the play to CIS, which is Communities in School, um, Dallas regional area. Um, so it's, it's, it's a good feel all around. And we got a couple other Juneteenth organizations and, and other organizations that also will receive some money from the proceeds of the play as well. So when you watch the play, you're not just going to be entertained. You're going to be educated. You're going to learn something. Um, and the biggest thing that you will learn is the importance of why Juneteenth needs to be a national holiday. And equally, you will also learn why um, the racial systemic race issues that we're dealing with today 
where they come from, the origins of a lot of those issues that we're dealing with today um, will be revealed within the play as well. Now, Greg, what's some of the feedback you've received from people that have watched the play? Man, it, it's been amazing. It, it, and, you know, I am humbled and I thank God for, you know, using me to create something like that. And I definitely don't say that boasting, but it, you hear stories about how hard it is to transition for athletes and to transition into something else. And so to transition into writing and producing and directing and people are shocked, they're floored in the comments or man, I wish I would have brought more people to see this play. I, I, when are you showing it again? Can we see it again? Um, I didn't know it was going to be that good. Um, I've had people, I've had people cry. I have people come up to me after the show is over and they tell this one guy, he said, man, this is amazing. I now have a better understanding as to why things are the way they are in present day time. So it's definitely an eye-opening play, um, but at the same time, it's entertaining as well. Well, I, I can't wait to to watch this. Um, I'm excited, and you know, communities and schools is a client of ours, so we're glad that they're going to be able to benefit. If our listeners uh, want to find out more about the show, please, you know, share the website again, and as well as any social media yeah. where they can find you. Man, just go to the website. It's www. Um, Juneteenth, the play. So it's J U N E T E E N T H T H E P L A Y dot com. So it's Juneteenth, the play. Um, you can find me on Facebook, um, Greg Ellis, um, 98, um, Twitter, I think it's Greg Ellis 98. And I think it's the same thing on Instagram, Greg Ellis 98. Um, so I'm not hard to, hard to, hard to find. You can just, Pull me up. You'll find me. Um, there's even a number that you people, I welcome the people to call, and it's 469-494-3508. Again, that's 469-494-3508. And so that's out there as well. It's a business phone. And so people are welcome to call that to find out more information about the play as well. Well, I know you've got – other irons in the fire as well. So hopefully we can get, get you back on another day when we can can talk about even more of your project. Man, I appreciate you guys having me on for this one. All right. Well, this is uh, – we were talking to Greg Ellis. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back right after this. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, what a nice guy, man. Greg Ellis, that was great and so exciting what he's what he's got going with uh with Juneteenth, the stage play. Yeah, and you know, one theme that I've had over the last three weeks is that we can all make a difference. We can all help make things better. And 
Greg Ellis is definitely doing that with this stage play, very much ahead of his time uh, as far as, as that goes. And I, I can't wait to watch the live stream uh, myself and, and also see Greg doing a little acting. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about the, his, his uh, cameo role. So a uh, big thanks again to Greg for coming on. Sean, what are you planning to do to celebrate Juneteenth? Well, I, I'm going to take most of the day off. I actually had one meeting that got scheduled, but I think I'm going to take most of the day off. Uh, but usually we go out to Fair Park because the Dallas Historical Society, which I, I am a member of the board uh, for the Dallas Historical Society, and at the Hall of State, um, we have the only known copy of General Order Number no. 3, um, the order which was read by Major General Gordon Granger. And so we have a copy of the document at Fair Park and at the Hall of State. And usually I myself or I take kids and we go take a look at the document. Uh, this year, I do not think that that will be what we will do. And so I will, uh, as my dad said, I'll usually get a drink and get some barbecue and, you know, have a celebration and remembrance uh, with with my kids and just think about you know, where we are and how closely proximate the holiday is this year to all the discussions, conversations, protests that we are having related to racism. And, you know, everything that we're talking about has all of this history wrapped up in it. And so I will be celebrating the ancestors and everything they overcame and the fact that they made it to that day. Well, I hope you enjoy Sean Williams. And I hope you enjoy it as well. And I encourage everyone to Check out the stage play. Check out the screening. You can visit JuneteenthThePlay.com to do that. So we want to thank Greg Ellis for coming on with us. We want to thank our colleagues for all that they do to help us put this together, including our creative team. Uh, we want to thank Michael Zabala at MZ Studios. We want to thank you, our listeners. We want to encourage you to go to Apple Podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you think. Leave us some comments. Share this podcast with your friends, with your family, with your coworkers. Uh, go back and take a listen to our series. We're not quite wrapped up with it yet, but we have had a series called Where Do We Go From Here? Where we've talked about racism in America, racism in our country. So please check that out as well. We'll be back with another episode of Deconstructing Dallas. Make sure to follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter. He is Tremble. 15. I am at Sean P. Williams. So for Ryan Trimble, this is Sean Williams, Deconstructing Dallas. Adios. Deconstructing Dallas.